0: Your Bible, the Gospel of Saint Mark, chapter 8, verse 36. For what shall it profit a man should he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? The great forefather the American political system, Benjamin Franklin said, in this world, nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes. Can I get a witness? We've all experienced the certainty of taxes That's for sure. But how do we deal with the certainty of death? Surely we all know that none of us are getting off this planet alive. The death rate among human persons remains stubbornly at 100%. Somewhere, I'm not sure where, um, we use the funeral services of a a wonderful funeral service over here just off route 33 it was there that my family gathered together to passing untimely passing of my sister but 2 years my elder We were back there again, as my father took his heavenly journey. Just on the 20th of January, last year, we were there again in that same room sitting at that same little round table, which I have learned to detest. Going through all of the literature, a very nice man in a fine suit, well-dressed, articulate. And the whole time I know he's calculating the bottom line of his prophet because I know full well that next just through that beautiful door we're going to walk into a room there to make the selection for the interment of my family now please remember these were three of the four people in my family. There was my dad and my mother. Think about yours. Oh, they'll go this way too. Think about your sister or your brother. In fact, why don't you look at one of them right now? Go ahead. Look at your spouse. Look at your college friend. It was but two years ago in the dormitories of Valor Christian College. One of our brightest, most vibrant students went to bed in the dormitory. The next thing she saw at 22 years of age, after she closed her eyes in that dormitory room, think about yours. Oh, but I, I'm fine, I'm, I'm healthy, I'm vibrant, I'm 22. Three days later, I was standing behind a casket with her mother and father weeping uncontrollably on the front row. The deception of your adversary is a very simple one. You never think about being right here, but here is where you're headed. Look at your hand. Move it. There will come a time it will lay quietly on your chest to never move again. Someone like me will stand up and do the very best they can to talk about your life. Somewhere, when I drive past that funeral business over there, I go around that way to get my Starbucks. Thank you, God. I do believe there'll be Starbucks in heaven, but that's another sermon. I think, I think, I'm 62 now. All of my family is gone. I can't go see them, I can't ask their counsel, I can't pat my mama with a little pat on her precious little back. I can't taste her chicken and dumplings anymore. She's gone. I had to go pick out one of these. And I wonder every time I get my Starbucks, is mine already stored? Somewhere, there's a little plot of ground. Somewhere on this earth, there's a plot of ground. Already prepared. A casket prepared. A vault prepared. A plot of ground prepared. And they will place you there. And it won't matter one bit what color you are, how tall or short you may be, how much money you have made or lost, there you will be. Job said it best, when I consider the Lord, I fear him. But then he said, Fear not he who can kill the body, but rather he that can cast into hell. Here's the problem with a grave. People say, a grave is the end. A grave is a doorway. What happens to me when I die, I, I'm not even focused on, and I don't want you to focus on, what happens to somebody else. What will happen to you? Oh, you, your family, they'll, you know, they'll get a preacher, cause that's what you're supposed to have at a funeral, a preacher. They'll get some singers. And they'll sing pretty songs and they'll quote, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The problem will be you won't hear a word of it. Their songs will not comfort you. Their mourning will not distress you. Why? You won't even be able to care whether they fixed your hair right or not. You'll be gone. We've all experienced a funeral. It's at a funeral that there's one of those times that there's something compelling, something contemplating about a casket. Considering the cold and lifeless body of a friend or relative that brings even the most hardened, skeptic, or confirmed atheist to the point of reflection upon one of the most fundamental questions of life. What happens to me when I die? A worldview is simply a way of looking at the world and finding your place in it. I want just very, very briefly to talk about a couple of worldviews and consider what's happened to our dearly departed acquaintance here this morning, Hmm. poetically named John, if only. We've come today to answer the question, what has happened to John now? We'll base the answer to that question on the assumptions of differing worldviews all of which are represented here in my audience today. So let's begin with the most popular of them all, the worldview of humanism. As a committed secular humanist, Mr. If Only Here believed in the supremacy of human persons above all else. He certainly denied the reality of a scoffed at <laughs> higher power. He believed the truth of the 11th and 12th assertions of the humanist manifesto. They are these. Humanism will take the path of social and mental hygiene and discourage the foolish sentimentalism of unreal hopes and wishful thinking. Humanism considers the complete realization of the human personality to, the, to become the end of one's life. It seeks its development only in the reality of here and now. John agreed. This life is all there is. This life is all there has ever been. And this life is all there will ever be. There was certainly no foolishness, disgust of some type of an afterlife. His favorite poem was Invictus. (laughs) I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. But John, John, John. John was disappointed that he had neither the time nor the means to ever realize his lowest, much less his highest aspirations Uh, during the illness that eventually ended him up here with us this morning, he became more and more agitated about why his life just didn't seem to be filled with any meaning or joy. John, if only, died so many completely unsatisfied with his life and completely uncertain about what would happen to him afterwards. His casket's closed, there's a reason for that. Those who have no certainty of their future do not die peacefully, but in agony, in horror, as they begin to behold what truly awaits them just on the other side of their caskets door, move quickly now to the world view of materialism, materialism, naturalism. Mr. John, if only his materialistic point of view limited him to affirming truth, never beyond his own intellect or his own experience. Materialists believe that the cosmos is all there was, is, or will be, and that we're just an organization of assemblages of atoms popping around, no different than beetles or rocks or toothbrushes. former Supreme Court Justice uh, Oliver Wendell Holmes, said, I see no reason for attributing to a man significance any different from that which belongs to a baboon or a grain of sand. Is that your philosophy? We just live and then we die. We just go back to the elements and that's it. To the materialist, your consciousness, your personality, your emotions are nothing more than a happy accident of nature driven purely by chemical reactions and neuroelectrical impulses. It sounds flowery, but there's an issue. It's not true. Therefore, They say your death results in the complete extinction of your consciousness, your personality, your individuality. The atoms of your physical body rejoin, listen how flowery it is, rejoin the cosmos to be reorganized in some other way. No hope, no meaning no significance, no reason for morality. Eat, drink, and live, for tomorrow we die. Certainly no coincidence that the 20th century's most horrific genocidal murderers, folks like Stalin and Hitler and folks like Mao and Pol Pot were all diehard materialists. After all, the extermination of ten million lives is of little or no consequence if a human is nothing more than a complex collection of elements to which they will return. And if this brief life is all one has, listen, then why shouldn't one do? whatever is necessary in the name of personal ambition or convenience. Well, indeed, Mr. If Only was a great believer in personal happiness, self-determination, he would do what he wanted and no one would tell him differently. He saw the concerns of those who defend the unborn or who advocate for people with a disability as nothing more than impediments to whatever might make his life simpler, easier, and more profitable. He could certainly not be described in any way as kind or understanding or sympathetic. On January 22nd, for those of you that care to know, the anniversary of the horrific Supreme Court decision of which I will remind you the American people have yet to this day had an opportunity to vote upon, but rather was passed by a radical judiciary attempting to become a third legislative branch to make law rather than interpret it. But on the 46th anniversary, of that horrific Roe versus Wade decision. New York governor, do not, don't do it, don't do it. New York governor, it's time for some preachers to grow a backbone. I only wish that I had the support to be on the number of television stations which at one time we were, so that I could call this out with a louder voice, a stronger voice, a mightier voice, and attempt to shake America back to its moral senses. On the 46th anniversary of Roe versus Wade, New York governor, Andrew Cuomo, signed into law legislation that expanded abortion rights in New York State. Previously, patients could have an abortion only up through the 24th week. This, your pastor, Elkhart, your pastor, Online, your pastor. Breakthrough audience, your pastor. World Harvest Church, your pastor. (laughs) Spent four years of my life walking the halls of the United States Congress demanding that the president sign into law a bill to ban partial birth abortion. That horrific, unconscionable murder of human life. I was there the day the president signed that bill into law. Where do we find ourselves today? That law passed in New York State now allows the murder of an innocent child At 40 weeks, up and until the baby is actually delivered. The next time you see a woman about to give birth, you think, you think about taking that baby, I'll say no more. Don't you dare patty-cake. When I was fighting to get abortion banned after the 24th week, when I said it, this place exploded until it seemed the roof would come off. We become complacent. We have so devalued human life that we can't even stand up in a church service to its defense. Be seated. On January the 28th, (laughs) on January the 28th, the Virginia legislature decided that they would propose a bill that would allow abortion to be performed. Listen to me today. Not only up to the point that the baby is born, But after the baby is born, while the mother is in labor, while she is dilated, while she is giving those precious pushes to bring that new life into the world. Oh, but don't stop there. No, 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 no. The Virginia legislature wanted not only to have that opportunity, but to let the umbilical cord be cut And the baby put in a bassinet in the hospital nursery so that a decision could be made whether it was worth allowing to live or not. This is the America you find yourself in and preachers talking to you about making a decision and Christians coming to church once in six weeks and people that never pray and people that never fast and this is what modern preachers have given us this is what user-friendly churches have produced People who are no longer, we become the midwives of an entire generation of so-called believers who are no longer able to stand up in their culture nor fight for their king. the Virginia governor days after standing up and on national television supporting that heinous murder let his true colors no pun intended be shown pictures of him in blackface and or a Ku Klux Klan robe, neither of which he denied he was in. In fact, admitted that he was. And then 24 hours later, seemed to have a new revelation. Oh, it wasn't me at all. But made it worse by his explanation that he had blacked his face to dance in imitation of Michael Jackson. Why are you so quiet? I feel like Jack Nicholson. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. God, give me 120 of them. Give me 120 that will stand up, push their plate back, put their foot down, and point their nose under the devil's nose and the culture's nose and say, over my dead body. You see the- His resignation was demanded. (laughs) After he did those things I just described, of course he is refusing. No one, no one stood up neither Democrat nor Republican, and demanded his resignation when he was willing to sign a bill into law to murder children in the hospital bassinet. But oh, if it gets on the race issue, how about we start caring more about human beings than what color we are? There is no special class of human persons. There is no color superior to any other color. To hell with that attitude. not better than me, and I'm not better than you. We're all just sinners in need of the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And if there, if we can't come together, listen to me, if we can't come together around the issue of life, please tell me where we do come together. If we can't agree that taking the life of a child, born, umbilical cord cut, in a nursery, in a hospital, and you want to talk to me about other social justice issues? Are you kidding me? Well, pastor, you need to speak out about this. If you're gonna speak out about that, you haven't been listening. Dear God, your pastor's words are played at the beginning of Janet Jackson concerts. As an example of not having a racial bone. Crying out against the injustice. Against African American people against, against American Indians, against First Nation people, against anyone who's pushed down and held back, against anyone who's abused or hated. But don't you go down those talking points with me. You will lose that battle. I'm talking about life. Your right to live. Be seated if you're not in a hurry. Some of you deciding whether or not you're glad you came. It's all right. This is infanticide, people. This is infanticide. Oh, oh, well. Yeah, but that legislation got voted down. Sure it did. And it is being now brought to the legislatures of nine other states already. Here's the question. Will we stand up and fight or will we sit by in horrified silence and watch as our nation disintegrates around us? while preachers want to give 20-minute talks about how to be blessed in your business. You didn't think God brought me back from the dead for something else, did you? God saw this day and he said, give me a voice. Give me somebody that will stand up. Preachers, your silence is deafening. Mr. If Only here, long ago estranged from his family and from anyone who dared to get in any way close to him, he died. He died alone. Surrounded only by the things his money could buy. With only a Little handful of mourners who attempted to wax eloquently religious, <laughs> as so many do. If God has not been your constant companion in life, he will not be on the other side of your casket. God is not mocked whatsoever a man sows that shall he also reap if he sows to his flesh he shall of his flesh reap corruption but if he sows to his spirit he shall of his spirit reap life everlasting Mr. If only here was a consummate materialist, and he certainly expected the annihilation, the absence of all consciousness. But what if? What if he's more conscious now than he ever was? What if? hmm, I'm right. And he was wrong. What if he was right and I'm wrong? Well, then he's just evaporated. I don't know. Parts of it may be floating around here. It's just over. So where does that leave me? Let's see. Happy? Healed, fulfilled, rejoicing, <laughs> joyful, never alone. Thousands, if not millions of friends. I suspect that if I were laying here this morning, you wouldn't be able to get near this building of all the lives That have been influenced for the better because I was here. So, what if that's all there is? I'll still take my life over his. What agony he could be experiencing right now! (laughs) Unspeakable agony if I'm right, and he was wrong. Folks don't wanna dwell on, you know, things like agony and suffering and so on and so forth. So, let me move on. John, if only his life came to a tragic end. He veered left of center on a stretch of dark highway, collided head on with another vehicle. An autopsy revealed that it was his self-inflicted alcohol and cocaine binge that caused his impairment. Uh, John, John probably didn't even care. His life's motto was, nothing really matters. Nothing really matters at all. Kind of reminds me of the year I graduated. The number one song, 1975, Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. It ended with the words, nothing really matters. Nothing really matters to me. John's mangled body is there under closed casket today. But there's another funeral taking place simultaneously. It's for the mother and her two toddler children who were in the other vehicle. They lost their lives at John's hands. No doubt, it mattered very much to what's left of their family. Remember, no one ever sins to themselves. No one sins in a vacuum. No one lives in a vacuum. There's only one thing worse than going to hell, my dear friend, and that's taking someone with you. You remember these words from God's word, Proverbs 27, one. Tomorrow is promised to no one. Today, right now, is the day of salvation. I am nearly finished. John, if only interest in Eastern mysticism got started when he started dabbling on the internet. so that he could express to all of his friends at cocktail parties. With all of his vast knowledge of the new age rhetoric, so he began using hallucinogenic drugs, although he never really experienced nirvana. He never experienced oneness with the universe as is promised. He was hopeful that at least when he died, he'd purge himself of this life and be reincarnated. In the event that that didn't work, he had a backup plan. (laughs) He hedged his bets by waiting on his new age spirit guide. These are the people that fill Hollywood movies. These are the people that sit at news desks. These are the people from whom you consume your information. These peddlers of lies, these peddlers of nonsense, and yet they attempt to exert over you and me some level of intellectual superiority and try to dumb us down like cattle so we can eat their straw. I say no more. I'll tell you what I'm dining on. The words that he says to me, they are spirit and they are life. There's no question in my mind that I'm new age John, if only is experiencing a different kind of reality at this very moment. I received... An understanding of living forever. When I was an eight year old boy, I glimpsed eternity, my fallen condition, and God's sacrificial gift on Calvary's angry, biting beam. There, God gave the unsearchable, and unspeakable gift of his only begotten son there. I bowed my knee there. I embraced the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ and nothing has been the same since. My simple question to every one of you this day is what will happen to you when you die? What's your eternal destination? How are you going to get there? there are only two possible destinations, heaven or hell. There are only two sides of the line. God, Satan, sin, righteousness, heaven, hell. Like John, if only you'd heard the siren song of other seductive worldviews, and they have filled your head with all kinds of vain philosophy and no truth. Now, unlike Mr. If Only, you must hear the truth. Lies may have the power to persuade, but it is only the truth, my dear one, that can make you free. (laughs) Heaven's a place prepared for those who've received Jesus Christ, hell is a place prepared for the devil and his angel. Never intended for you to be populated there. But men who chose to go there by rejecting Jesus Christ and his lordship over their life. Heaven, heaven's filled with light. Hell is aching utter darkness heaven is a place of peace hell is a place of torment heaven is a place of reunion hell is a place of separation there is no death in heaven and hell is a place where you will plead to die but cannot you will never ever escape You will be fitted, your Bible says, with a body able to endure eternal destruction there. There you will be tormented for the endless ages of eternity in that awful place. The smoke of your torment rising up onto the nostrils of God forever and forever. There men will gnaw their tongues for pain. There your eyes will ache From the darkness, your tongue will cleave to the roof of your mouth. For lack of moisture there, your veins become nothing more than highways for the hot feet of pain to travel. Your nerves nothing more than strings upon which Satan himself will strum the diabolical tune of hell's unalterable lament. Mm. There, the fire will never be quenched. Heaven's a place of eternal hope, but Dante said it best with a sign, tacked over the door to hell, abandon all hope, all ye who enter here. But the saved, the redeemed, the forgiven, will hear God say these words, enter in my good and faithful servant to the joys prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Those who choose to go to hell will hear the words, depart from me, I, God, never knew you, and you will remember this day, this moment, but be unable to remember the name of Jesus Christ because that name alone can save you. Everyone standing, no one moving. Bring the lights up just a little bit for me. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. This month in January... We have conducted nine funerals in this church. Better than two a week. Nine people who sat where you're sitting 30 days ago found their casket. We conducted their funeral. And now, their bodies are still in the grave. Probably not. But what if you were in next month's number? You say, I wouldn't serve a God that would send men to hell. Neither would I. Anyone who inhabits that awful place for eternity goes there because at a time like this in their lives, when the gospel was presented so clearly to them, they played loose and fast. They took a gamble that they'd have another opportunity. Don't let that be you today. Don't let that be you. This is your moment. God brought you here for the express purpose. You believe in life. You're a good person. But morality will not take you to heaven. It takes the blood of Jesus Christ for you to make that journey. I'm gonna count to three. And when I say three, and while I'm counting, I want you to consider your own mortality. You're not getting any younger. And you've been dying since you took your first breath. We do not look for death, it searches for us. And I have no greater responsibility than to do everything I can to get as many as I can to go to heaven. including you. Pastor Rod, you know one of the greatest scriptures I've ever loved is when the disciples asked Jesus. He said, I'm going away. And and they said, where are you going? And how can we know the way? In other words, they said, we don't have direction. Where are you going? Show us how to get there. Why, some of you used a GPS to get here today. Who would prepare for an eternal journey and not know the way? Jesus said, I am the way. (laughs) You don't need to know anything else but the loving embrace of a God who created you and made heaven just for you, gave his son on Calvary's cross so you'd never know what hell looks like and your funeral. Oh, how I'll preach. I'll preach about you leaping like a heart over the everlasting hills of God's glory to suffer no more, sigh no more, cry no more, die no more. If only you will say yes to Jesus today. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm counting to three. No one can make the decision for you. You must make it yourself. This is it. Make the decision. The only rational decision. No one wants to make the choice to go to hell. Make the choice right now. You'll be glad you made in eternity at the judgment seat of Christ. On three, raise that hand, do it now. One, two, three. Raise that hand, leave it up. Do not put it down. Don't put it down. Leave it up. Leave it up. Ah. Uh, here's what I want you to do. You're not going to have to get rolled down this aisle. You're going to walk down this aisle. You're going to get out into the nearest aisle and you're going to come right here and stand by me and accept Jesus Christ this morning and be as sure for heaven when you leave here as if you were already there. Come on. Come on. Don't you stay in your seat. You raised your hand. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on the chains. You can be free. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Woo! Come on. Just under 500 people in the month of January made this decision right here. Come on. Don't be left out. Don't be left out. Come on. You can be free. Brand new you, brand new mom, brand new dad. Come on. Don't let the devil talk you out of it. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. What if you laced your shoes for the last time? What if you put on your coat for the last time? I'm going to have them sing that song. I'm very troubled. I'm very troubled. I never like to. Come on, honey. Come on. I never like to close an altar call. Why'd that little boy come down here all by himself all the way from the back? Where are my leaders? Where are my leaders? Bring her. Bring her, honey. Bring her. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sing that one more time, and here's why. One more opportunity. Just one more. I hear, when I'm under the anointing, often I hear the prayers of the people. And I've heard a lot of people today repenting. In your seat and what that tells me is you're not really being honest if you're standing there this morning and you're saying Lord I'm sorry I'm gonna do better you can't do better you've already proven it you need his help and you're allowing your pride to stand in your way don't do it the number one statement in hell is I never intended to be here. The number two statement is if only, if only I had listened, if only I had gone, if only I didn't wait, if only I was brave and bold enough to step into that aisle, I wouldn't be in this awful place. I want to make sure that every person in every row is ready If you don't make it home, you're ready to go to heaven. Nothing between you and God. So we're gonna sing one more time, and I want every single person to gently and kindly ask everyone around you if they're ready to go to heaven. If they're not ready, offer to walk with them. People don't care to rush a basketball floor, but in a crowd this big, In a church, they get all nervous. So they need a little help. If they're ready to go to heaven, they'll say, I'm ready. And then go find somebody else and ask them. What a tragedy! If we'd go through all of this and one person here today, there in Elkhart watching online, come on, honey. They're already coming. Bring someone to Jesus. Jesus. We're singing one time. This is it. Come on. Come on. Come on this time tomorrow. I may be in heaven and you may not be. Come on. I don't see anybody moving. I don't see anybody talking. Don't assume that anyone around you is ready to go to heaven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. 10, 11, 12, 13. Come on. There's a move of God over there. Come on. Come on, here they're coming. Here they're coming. Don't let anyone come alone. Where are my workers? Come on. There were about 20 that came. Sing one more time. Sing one more time. You've got one more opportunity. Don't go to hell. You'll hear there in hell, you'll hear me say, Don't go to hell. Come on, this is it. There, they're coming. There, they're coming. There, they're coming. Come on. Everybody's singing. Come on, darling. Come on, darling. I want you to shout and let them know they're making the greatest decision of their lives. Come on, they're still coming. Shout and clap, encourage them. They're coming. If you only wish you'd accepted Jesus one day earlier than you did, go ahead and clap and rejoice right now. This is it. I'm going to pray. This is it. Let's thank God for all these. Everybody is sick. the Super Bowl. This is the Super Bowl. Hey, hey, hey. And we just scored the kingdom's winning touchdown. Yay. Yay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm just coming down here because I'm 62 and I want to sit down. Is that all right? Come over here by me, Blair. You can bring your friend if you want to. Come over here by me. Hallelujah. Thank you for being in the altar, ministering to these wonderful folks. What's your name, sweetheart? Karina. Trina? Karina. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Today you get a brand new name. So do you. So do you. So you we all get a brand new name today. Forgiven. Forgiven. Yes. Forgiven. Yes. Yes. We're yes. forgiven. Forgiven. So I want us to pray, and I want everybody to pray like really loud, like embarrassingly loud, like so the person in front of you is like really. I want you to pray like that. You say, I don't know how to pray, good, good. Do you understand that you're making not the greatest decision of your life? This is the decision which will give you a home in heaven. Yes. Yes. Forever. 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 And heaven instead of hell, to go to heaven in, because the devil promises the rainbow and gives you the rain. That's right. So let's pray out loud, everybody, everybody, everybody. I got a feeling about another hundred of you really need to pray it sincerely. Are you ready? God in heaven, I come to you today. Come to you today, just like I am. I know who I am. I know who I am. I know what I've done. I know what I've done. And so do you. And so do you. But I come to you today, to you today. Because, only you have never sinned. because only you have never sinned. All other people. All other people just like me, just like me have, sinned. have sinned. We all, we all need, you need you to forgive us. To forgive. So I, so I ask you today to forgive my sins, to, my sins, to, give, me life, to give me eternal life, and let me know, let me know that, when I die, that when I die, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. Let, me know that let me know that beyond any doubt, beyond any doubt deep in my heart, in my heart today. today I, believe in you. I believe in you. I confess you. I confess and I receive you as my personal savior. savior. From this day forward, forward, I'll live for you as you teach me how. how. Thank you. you. I feel so good good. to be forgiven forgiven. and to know (laughs) I'm I'm on my way to heaven and I'm a Christian and there's nothing anyone can do about it. It It makes me so happy, I could almost clap and shout. We're ready for you. Because to be absent from this body is to be in the presence of God in in heaven forever. So how do you like me now? All right. God is great. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I wanna invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast, hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review, share it on your social networks for me, really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, no easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day, and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.